Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Above the Fray podcast. My name is David, and I am here with my lovely and talented wife. My name is Rosie. And when I say lovely and talented, let me just tell you what. She is both of them. Definitely talented and super wise, and I am blessed to be married to her. But enough about that. Uh, For those of you who are brand new to our podcast, Above the Fray, you might be wondering, well, what is Above the Fray all about? So we're going to take a minute, as we do every podcast, and just define what the fray is. So Rosie is going to define the fray. So we define the fray as the muck and stress that are induced by unfair expectations, couple those with unnecessary drama, imposed by unrealistic demands that make us ineffective and ruining our joy, our peace, and our happiness. Mm. We love to say that the fray has one goal. One goal. And that is the destruction of the life God intends for us, mm-hmm. the family that God desires for us. The fray adds weight taking away our ability to live freely and lightly. And this week, we are going to be talking about, a speaking of weight, a pretty weighty issue. Mm -hmm. And that is protecting the innocence of our children. If you have watched the news any in the last year to two years or more, you realize that our children are... Our precious, innocent children have been targeted, have been targeted by the devil, have been targeted by the media and pop culture to basically rip apart their innocence. And so we just want to talk today about some things that we need to be doing as parents to protect the innocence of our children. So we're going to jump right into it. We've got some points here, and these are actually found on our Instagram page and our Facebook page. Our Instagram page is Living Above the Fray, and our uh, Facebook page is just Above the Fray. So we are going to just jump right into this so you can go and follow those, those social media posts to see what we're talking about. But we're just going to jump right into it. So. Yes. Can I, can I just say one thing? Yes. I don't know yes, if this can. is appropriate to say. No, go for it. But anyway, we shared a post about this on our Instagram, as David just mm-hmm. mentioned. And one of the points that we made that once a child we're gonna, and we're gonna loses cover it. their innocence, it's mm-hmm. lost forever. Yeah. And disclaimer, and, and I feel like it probably should should be... Um, not necessarily a statement that we really need to say, but let me just say it. We're not talking about God not being able to keep them or redeem or them. redeem them if their innocence is lost or whatever, because we know that God can redeem anything and he does. We're talking about the natural consequences of sin mm-hmm. and God Will can redeem any situation, but there still are going to be consequences that they'll have to face. This is what we're talking about and how parents, we as parents, can stand in the gap and fight these battles so they don't have to deal with some of these things that they really, they're not mature enough to be able to handle Mm -hmm. and know what to do with. Yeah. As we were talking this afternoon about this, Rosie and I were talking about the fact that there are certain things that you can't unsee. There are certain things that you can't undo. 
And as a child, as a child who is going through certain things, witnessing certain things, experiencing certain things, although God can redeem them, spiritually we understand those are scars that can go with them for life. And those are scars that can can impact their marriages. It can impact their um their sexual life it'll it can impact their walk with Jesus yeah they're and we're talking we're talking about you know the little kids yes. three four five six seven years old they can have things that will happen to them they don't really even realize what it is that is happening so they don't even they may not even know enough to share it with you Mm-mm. the parent right and so you know, ten years down the road, they it they it might come to them. Hey, that was not correct. That was wrong. And all of these thoughts and things that they've been processing for years, mm. now we have ingrained behaviors and mm-hmm. mindsets and thoughts that, you know, God can redeem that. Mm-hmm. But if we can stand in the gap for them, that they don't even have to in you know face some of these things. That's what we're. That's that's the goal of this podcast today. Right, the things right. that we can Absolutely. do yeah. to stand in the gap and protect our children. And as we are talking about these things, think about your kids. It doesn't matter how old they are; they could be an infant, they could be a teenager. Maybe they're even out of your house. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind your child. Just keep that in in your mind, as we talk about these things. So the first thing is this, the battle to pervert your child's mind and tender heart is in full throttle. Let me read that again. The battle to pervert your child's mind and my child's mind is in full throttle. And you and I must have our eyes wide open and the armor of God on in order to win. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. But the fact is, is there's a lot of people out there that want to bury their heads in the sand mm-hmm. because it's uncomfortable. This is something that really is hard for people to process. The fact that there are agendas out there and you and I as parents have a responsibility to keep our eyes so wide open and on that front too david is there is so much out there that we have to be willing to as parents to call it out yes as evil mm-hmm. and call it out in front of our kids as evil yes because there are people who want us to like every evil that is put before their eyes mm-hmm. and they don't want to be felt um uncomfortable or they want somebody to like them mm-hmm. but what is happening our silence on these issues are causing our kids to go down the wrong path right it causes them to be confused yeah and to not know what to do or to believe and so therefore they they just are bumbling along and listening to the loudest voice in the room yep. let that loudest voice in be in the room be you as the parent so the second thing we have um is that we need to stand in the line of defense of our children's purity because innocence, once lost, is gone forever. Their soul is ultimately at stake. Mm-hmm. And this is what Rosie was talking about before where somebody was trying to tell us that, well, God can still redeem them, and we believe that fully and completely. We don't have any issue with that. 
the problem is, is that when we are not in defense of our children, when we're not looking out for mm-hmm. the danger zones that are out there, especially as it relates to what they're being taught, what they're ingesting in their free time. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. But I, I want to just tell you a quick story. I take my dog for a walk uh, in the evening, usually not in the evening, at night, 9 o'clock at night. And I take her to a cemetery a block from our home. And we've been doing this for years. It's, a, it's just a thing that we do as a family. We walk in the cemetery. It's not a big deal for us. Might creep somebody out. But I take my dog over there at night in the dark because I can let her off leash. I can let her run and sniff and bound and whatever she likes to do, whatever little dogs like to do, even though she's not a little dog. But I take her over there. And about six months ago, when we got her, we started hearing rumors that there were coyotes around and we needed to watch out. And in particular, they like to hang out in this cemetery that we, Mm -hmm. uh, that we take her to. So as we go there now, I have a headlamp that I wear. I also have a flashlight, a really powerful flashlight. And I'm always looking around. I'm always scanning to see if I see any danger. And the danger might be coyotes, but it could also be uh, another dog. It could be somebody walking that might uh, make my dog feel intimidated. But I am always, always, always on alert. I don't stop scanning and being on high alert until we get into the door of our home because I want to make sure that she is safe. I also want to make sure I am safe because I might be inviting the repercussions of her getting bit back into our home or to the vet and having to deal with all those things. Mm -hmm. And so you and I, we have a responsibility to always be scanning to see what dangers lie ahead. I also like the illustration of, of the shepherd. You know, the shepherd doesn't lead from behind. The shepherd leads from out front. Yep. And they're out there leading from out front, constantly scanning to see the danger zones, to keep the sheep away from the danger. They're setting the pace. They're scanning. They're always looking for danger. You and I have to do that with our kids today. No matter how old they are, you might even have some some kids that are grown and they're starting to go down certain paths or they're starting to bring things up to you that you know are not healthy. Thoughts and ideas, maybe they're starting to look at certain things and investigate certain things that you know in your heart of hearts, even though they're technically grown, you know that you need to speak up and say something. So we've got some boundaries that we need to set. And here's some boundaries that we really need to think about setting. Um, what they watch, boundaries in what music they listen to, video games they play, and cell phone and computer activities. All of these are things that kids love to be involved in, but we have to be willing to monitor those things and set parameters. Also, you can teach them to set their own, or to, to uh, what do you call it? What do we call, tell our kids to? Just monitor themselves. Monitor themselves. Right. You know, we should not expect that, they should not expect, and this is what we tell our kids, you don't expect us to be 
everywhere for you. You have to be willing to set these boundaries of your own. And this is where, as a parent, you have to be to use discernment as well. Mm-hmm. One of the things we know, just coming from youth ministry and the circles that we have ministered in, is that there's two camps of parents. One is the parent that shelters their kids to the point of suffocating them. Mm-hmm. And the kid doesn't know what they believe on their own. So when they leave the house, they end up falling on their face because they have no idea what their faith really is. Because a mom or a dad or both were just always there in their business all the time, not really teaching them, just smothering them with rules and regulations, mm-hmm. basically wrapping them in bubble wrap, so to speak, and praying that they didn't get tarnished at all. Then there's the other camp a lot of times that we see, and that's the parents that just basically throw their hands, you know, take their hands completely off the wheel and say, go ahead and figure it out, sucker. <laughs> go ahead and, and, and try to, to navigate all this on your own. I'll be over in the corner if you have any questions. And so what we see is we see that there is a balance. One, you need to know your kids, the age of your kids, what is appropriate for their age. You also need to know the tendencies of your kids. We did not give any of our kids cell phones until they were, well, most of them were actually out of high school when they got their their cell phones because we wanted them to have to pay for it. We didn't want to pay for it. They're expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we also knew that some of them wouldn't be able to handle a cell phone. Some of you all know what we mean. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all, that just struck a chord with it. And you need to go get your kid's cell phone and say, let's just tuck this away for a couple of years. Because their tendencies uh, are such that they're just going to let that phone ruin and rule their lives. So know your kids, you know, where they're at, their ages that they're at. Uh, and then also begin to give them some freedoms as you are teaching them. Mm-hmm. Give them, you know, some trust yes right as you are teaching them so they can begin to stand on their own they can begin to make those good decisions yeah i i think a good example is like we our nine-year-old he loves video games Mm -hmm. and we are our big thing with him right now is that he monitor his time yes so we have to do it too but we're also training him to be cognizant. How long have you been on there? And do you think that's long enough? So when we come to say, it's time to get off, how long have you been down there? He can look at the clock and, and understand we're not being unreasonable Mm-mm. because the time can get away very quickly. And it's just one of those things where, you know, he has to pace himself because honestly, we're not going to be everywhere that he is. And he needs to learn, you know, self-control when it comes to this technology of video games. Right. And we know that here's the thing. We know and you know that technology is one of the areas that is exploiting children, Mm -hmm. whether it's a seemingly innocent cartoon or video games or what have you. So being able to help your kids recognize when things aren't right helping them to recognize that, hey, mom and dad aren't here right now, and this is something that's inappropriate. I need to turn the channel. 
I need to not turn the channel. We don't turn channels anymore. <laughs> like I'm just dated myself. But we need to change the channel. We need to stop playing this game or what have you. And really empowering them in that. But also continuing to monitor mm -hmm. these things. Uh, so the next thing is watch out for your kids' friends. There's that proverb that says, bad company corrupts good character. And that's the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And so what we do is we, we're not necessarily telling our kids who their friends can or can't be. Like, but we have taught them from the very beginning, these are the kind of people you need to surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. And I believe, you know, so far so we've had most of our kids um, gravitate towards kids who are a lot like them, who are, you know, Christ followers, who love the Lord. And um, we have always just encouraged our kids to be pace setters instead of be leaders, to be leaders rather than followers. Right. And at the same time, when it comes to our kids, we don't want them to be so exclusive mm -hmm. and just saying, well, in order for that person to be my friend or for me to be an acquaintance with someone, just say acquaintance, right? Yeah. They have to answer three questions correctly. It, you know, are you a Christian? Do you love Jesus? Are you baptized? Or whatever. I don't know what the questions would be. But we want them to pray about people they can minister to. Now, I know when we say that, some parents go really ballistic on us because we've had this happen, and they go, well, we don't want our kids hanging out with those kids. We don't want them to be around those kids. But you know what? Maybe your family is going to be the best testimony that kid will ever see. And we've seen that mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Yes, kids have. coming into our home kids coming from broken homes, kids coming from uh, a messed up house environment, home environment, and coming and seeing what a Christian family acts like mm -hmm. and being completely shocked and a good way blown away. And, you know, I think, David, I, the, the thing is there's a difference between I guess having that close friend who's your confidant then mm -hmm. then being a being a person who is showing the love of God. Mm -hmm. We will have anybody, any of our kids, friends or even just acquaintances invite them into our home. Yes. Now, all of these are not our kids BFFs. Right. Uh -huh. But anybody's welcome into our home, but the reason why is because we're going to pray together, we're going to sing, we're going to be who we are on a regular basis, mm -hmm. and hopefully that's sharing the hope and the love of Jesus, that they can see that family life is enjoyable, that there is peace and love. Yeah. And that can be found in a family. I think, too, one of the things that we see, there's two things that happen when our kids' friends come over, especially those who don't know the Lord. They walk away and they and they actually have told our kids this. And one is this. We thought your parents were going to be super strict. That it would just be very, very quiet and very stern in our house because of the way our kids carry themselves in public. They're very respectful, blah, blah, blah. And what they find is exactly just the opposite as far as it's a loud household. It's a lot of fun. Lots of singing, as Rosie said. Um, it's just a fun environment. And so we actually invite them into our home. 
we would rather them come here than our kids to go and hang out there any day exactly. of the and, week. And we are we are we are a little bit I would we are we do restrict that. They can't just go to anybody's house. Right. Exactly. We don't if we don't know what kind of family they are and who their parents are and you know if they're I don't know good parents, et cetera, that, that's a loose term. But I'm just saying, if we don't know, they're not going to go to their house. They, But they're always welcome to our house. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, there's a thing my dad used to say all the time, and we used to have these plaques on the wall, and it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's also something that we instill in our kids. Mm-hmm. There's an expectation for your character the thing that you show to the world, there's expectation that you are representing the Lord, but you're also representing the white family. Right. And in our house, we serve the Lord. And it doesn't matter if mom and dad are there. God sees you. Mm-hmm. What are you showing the world about Jesus and about the white family? Mm-hmm. That's a burden we want you to carry. We yeah. want you to feel that when you leave our house. Mm-hmm. So I have a question, though, for you who are listening, do you have a, you know, one of your kids' friends and that, and you're just, you're concerned about them being your kid's friend? Maybe they have gotten in trouble. Maybe they just seem a little sketchy, whatever. How about this? Have you considered inviting them into your home? Mm-hmm. Having that, your home be the home base for them and sharing the love of Christ with them as a family letting them see that there is a different way. You know, we are really good as Christians of just completely cutting people off that don't believe the same way we do. But then the question is, who are we witnessing to at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. You know, who is it that is outside of Christ that we are sharing the gospel with? So this is a great way to do this. Guys, we have had so many of our friends, uh, kids' friends go with us to church who don't know Jesus, and they've gotten exposed to Christ as a result. Mm -hmm. So don't close that door completely, but at the same time, be balanced and make sure you know who your kids are hanging out with. So another thing that we want you to be careful of and, and that we think is so important is this. Be careful of the adult conversations you have around children. Coarse joking and cursing should not come out of the mouths of Christians. And it shouldn't come out of my mouth when it's just Rosie and I. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't definitely not come out of our mouths when we're hanging around our kids. Yes, because we're sending our kids. We're we're basically saying, um, don't don't do this, but... I do this. You know what I'm saying? And we're we're sending our kids a message that they're 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 going to do what you do. Yeah. And so you have to watch watch your mouth. Let God give you some self-control over though that. Yeah. It has to do too with like watching movies in front of your kids that are inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Maybe we shouldn't be watching them if they're inappropriate for our kids. I'm just saying. But those are the things that happen where all of a sudden a kid Take our nine-year-old, for example, who is super smart, yeah. very bright and brilliant and picks up on everything, yeah, he does. is all of a sudden talking about things a nine-year-old has no business talking about. Why? Because he picked that up either from Rosie and me or from one of our older kids or from something he saw. So your kids are smart. 
they're going to pick up on things. So be careful with those adult conversations we have in front of our kids. The next one is know what your kids' school, church, and other authority figures are teaching. Don't assume that because it's an adult, it's something that's for their good. Ask your child questions. Satan is very busy using grown folks to plant lies and evil thoughts into the minds of children. And that's just the truth. I think that's one of the biggest influences to pull kids away. Yes, it could be their peers, but also when you when they go to schools or places or churches anywhere and they see an adult that is teaching something that is a lie, they're more more prone to believe it because they're prone to respect these authorities, these older people. Mm-hmm. So you have to monitor and ask questions. I'm telling you every single day, mm-hmm. if, if, if they go to school, I don't care if it's a uh, small private Christian school, ask them, what happened at school today? What did you learn? What did you talk about? Mm-hmm. And make sure it's what needed to be happening. Yeah, and that's true even like in church. Not that you have to be hyper-skeptical, but you need to know what is being taught in Sunday school, what is being taught in youth group. And it may not be that people are trying to purposefully lead your child astray in those moments. Maybe they just don't know. Maybe they don't know their theology. Maybe they are just a volunteer trying to figure it out too. Yes, yes. And they're not trying to maliciously do it, but they're doing it nonetheless whether they intend to or not. So making sure that you are just staying on top of what people that are teaching your kids are teaching your kids. And here's the thing. I I had somebody this past week tell me that there's no way they would send their kid to youth group because of those kind of kids are there and this is going on and that's going on. And my question is, if that's the case, if you're not sure, you're not comfortable with what's being taught in the environment, maybe you need to look for a new church. I'm just saying, as opposed to, again, just sheltering your kids and not letting them go here and not letting them go there, maybe you need to find a church where you feel comfortable with the teaching of the youth ministry, teaching of the children's ministry, teaching of the pulpit ministry. Mm -hmm. So just make sure that you're monitoring that. The next thing that you can do to uh, equip your kids to protect their innocence is to teach your older children. If you have older siblings, especially the young men, teach them to be protectors by developing genuine love and respect for their younger siblings, willing to go to battle to protect them. I remember because I'm the baby girl in my family, I had lots of older brothers and the boys in the school knew not to mess with me. Because they knew they was going to have to go through all of my brothers. My brothers were my protectors. And you can, you can have your older siblings, even if it's, it's an older you know, daughter protecting a younger daughter, help them to not just be blindly into their own world, mm-hmm. but also to be looking out. This is a thing you can do even in your own home. If you know you have a younger sibling who's on a computer and mom and dad are in another room, they can listen out to what is being watched, mm-hmm. what music is being listened to, and to help protect the younger ones. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's a twofold protection. 
it's protecting them mentally, of course, and spiritually from things that they might be getting into. Maybe it's stuff that they're watching on TV or it's something on a computer, whatever it might be. So it's it's protecting them mentally and spiritually. But there are times, too, where they need to step up and protect them physically, where they need to defend them. They need to, they see something going on and they need to step in. Especially if you have a young lady and she's being harassed by a guy, a young man, you may not be there to know what's going on, but maybe one of your, one of the the siblings is, and they can step in and defend, uh, defend her. So just make sure that you begin to plant that into your kids to watch out for one another. Yeah. Especially because you guys aren't going to always be there. That's all there is to it. That's one of the things that we, you know, I know it goes beyond that, but when you when you teach your kids to just love each other and mm-hmm. to respect each other and care for each other, there's never a time in our home that you're allowed to just treat your younger sibling like they're dirt yep. or that they don't matter. Mm-hmm. You have to love them yep. and show them love and care so that when it does come a point in time, should that happen, something should happen in that home or outside that home that they need protection from, you're willing to do it. Mm-hmm. Because you see them, yeah. they're not just a you know. I and you know, I I see sometimes how parents will allow their older siblings to treat the younger siblings, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's a disservice. It really is. It it sure is. It sure is. So we have two more uh, points we're going to talk about, and these are all just these are so incredibly important. But uh, one is all children's material these days has an agenda let's just call it yeah it, that's it <laughs> it does it does and it doesn't matter if it's a two-year-old mm-hmm. or a 12-year-old or a 16-year-old it has an agenda teach your kids to discern and use discretion and in what information they consume i have to say i work in a library mm-hmm. children's board books these days uh, generally, you can expect there's there's so much trash. Even I mean, the stuff that you that they're writing for two and three year olds is trash. I'm not saying all of it, but I see it. I'm just I'm I just want you if you're a parent and you care, you have to you have to wise up and just know that. Yeah, and that's where again, as a parent, if you are buying things for kids, so say you're buying for your your preteen, teen, you're buying them things. Like you're buying them books. Maybe you have an avid reader. Like we have, a lot of our kids love to read. So they, you know, they're always buying books. What are they buying? Like, what are you buying for them? Yeah, you can't assume that it's good. I mean, I, I, I know that there are movies and things that our books that our kids read from a certain famous authors of their day that those authors just are still writing but because of the culture uh persuasion right now those same authors are writing differently and there's yeah. trash in these yeah, books absolutely i'm is. telling you just take my word for it but mm-hmm. you can do your own research if you don't know what is in a book that your child is reading all you got to do is go on the internet you can do Amazon reviews. You can literally just put in the title of the book. And there's it'll usually give you little snippets of the book to read, mm-hmm. to preview. And 
If a book has trash in it, trust me, more than likely you're going to find some awesome five-star reviews, somebody bragging on the trash that's in the books. Mm -hmm. So it's not a secret. You just have to be willing to do the homework to find out what's in them. And you should. Absolutely. So the final thing that we want to just leave you with is this. And maybe this can be a prayer for you in your home. And that is this. May every room of our homes be a sanctuary from the living room to the bedroom to the office, whatever rooms you have, the laundry room, may every room in our homes be a sanctuary, a safe haven of purity and goodness where the Holy Spirit is pleased to dwell and our children's hearts are edified towards holiness. These things don't just happen on their own. We have to be intentional. And that's one of the things that we talk about a lot. If you hear any of our stuff is intentional parenting. Mm -hmm. We have to look at our houses and our homes and say, what kind of home do I want? I did want to say, you know, we're talking about going into every room. One of the things you can do is, you know, if your mom or dad, anybody, you got some free time, kids are out of the house or in the house, I don't care. Just make it a point sometime and just walk through each each room in the house and pray. And what we've done in the past is we've taken and anointed the walls of our homes, mm-hmm. uh, the, all the walls in each room, and just pray for whatever happens in those rooms, mm-hmm. that it'll be edifying and glorifying mm-hmm. to the Lord. And I know that there are some parents who have this thought, that, well, my child is X, Y, Z age, and that's their space, and they are they're out of respect. That I can't go in their room. I'm sorry. That's not how we feel. No. It's our house. Who's paying the mortgage? Our, our kids. We tell our kids, it's our house. Mm-hmm. It's your room, but it's our house. Mm-hmm. And if we feel the need to go into a room, mm-hmm. we are going to go into a room. So there is no sacred you know, privacy and whatever things that are going on that can get you into trouble happening in those rooms because we've been in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think I've seen so many issues happen that make the national media because of things that have gone on in a child's bedroom and a parent didn't know. Yeah. That's cotton picking your house. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> and, and along the same lines, something that we didn't touch on when it comes to technology being something that can rob your child of the in, their innocence is that we're really big believers in that if you are going to be on a device, you're going to be on a laptop, you're going to be on a cell phone, you need to be visible. You need to have your bedroom door open. But more than that, you really need to be out in the, in the open. You need to be at the dining room table. You need to be uh, sitting around our island, whatever it might be. But you need to be visible so that anybody at any time can walk by and see what you are watching. And I would say probably 10 times a day, I say to my nine-year-old, I say to my 18-year-old son, I say, hey, what you watching? Mm-hmm. Hey, what you watching? And, and I do it because I'm curious because I want to know what they're watching, of course. But I also am doing that to protect them. Mm-hmm. And so just to make that... As part of making your home a sanctuary, it's also putting those those safeguards in place. Yes, and it helps them to know Daddy's going to ask. Mm-hmm. There is no secret here. Uh uh-uh. uh Daddy's going to ask what we're watching, and we're going to wait for an answer. And I'm going to consistently ask. Yes, exactly. Consistently ask. Well, you guys, this is a weighty issue. 
And especially with the just the toxicity that is out there right now, you can feel like you are just getting buried in the fray of this. Like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And we're here to tell you today, what you do is what you can do in your own home. You can't, you can't make a difference in Washington, D.C. today. I mean, you can through voting and all that. We understand in prayer. But in your own home, in your little church called your home, you can make a difference. You can protect the innocence of your children by setting up your, your home as a sanctuary, as a holy and safe place. An environment with the Holy Spirit is welcome in at any moment to do the Holy Spirit's work. And it doesn't just happen on its own. You and I, we have to be intentional. We have to strive for that. That's got to be part of our heartbeat as parents, is that we want to create a healthy environment for our children to grow and to thrive. Mark 9.42 says this, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Those are Jesus' words. And the thing is, is this, you can cause somebody to stumble, one of your kids to stumble, either on purpose or because you're oblivious. Mm -hmm. That's why we have to be on our guard. That's why you and me as the shepherds of our home have to always be standing out front looking for the dangers that are coming to attack our family. So hopefully you'll, you'll do that. Hopefully you are going to do the things that you need to do to make your home that sanctuary we talked about. Anyway, we want to thank you for listening today. If this podcast is a blessing, please like it and share it with others. Also, don't forget to check us out on our social media platforms where we post additional content. On Instagram, it's just living above the fray. Pretty simple, living above the fray. And on Facebook, it is above the fray. So we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get your feedback. Shoot us an instant message. Let us know what your thoughts are. And we want to thank you once again for hanging out with us. So thanks again for listening. Rosie, you got anything else? Nope, that is all. All right. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Bye-bye.